You are listening to the Baseball in the Burrows podcast, where myself, Tyler Smith, and Noah Broderick talk about baseball with a pretty bad microphone. Time to listen to a 20-second GarageBand clip to make the transition into the episode a little less awkward. Welcome back, everybody, to the Baseball in the Burrows podcast. This is episode 29. Recording this the morning after ALDS Game 5 between the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, majority of our audience, Yankees fans, are going to have plenty to talk about today. And before we get into any of the talking, I just want to make it clear that anything that I've tweeted, um, that I've said, I'm not a Yankees hater or whatever. I'm not going to go out there and tweet stuff. I'm not going to be like Jared Carabas and start tweeting about old Hubs videos of him getting excited about the offseason or events during the season. I just know that if this was my team, which it normally isn't, I wouldn't want to be you know, made fun of. I would want to be ridiculed because I try to get optimistic about things in a sensible way, to say the least, I guess. And just to see this happen, especially uh, people who are as dedicated as you guys listening, as dedicated as Noah, I don't want to be the person that kind of brings you guys down because I know that the, you know a large part of our lives revolves around baseball. And I'm not going to sit here and just slander you guys. We're going to try to have a realistic conversation. But uh, I don't know how explicit Noah's going to be. I don't think he's going to – I think he's coming off the cut, and I don't think he's going to hold back at all. So uh, I'm going to try to keep him contained over here. But first of all, Noah, how are you doing? Uh, I'm just thankful the Heat won last night yeah. and that I was uh, I was not – too too aware of what was going on with the, with the Yankees after after that game. Uh, long story short, this is what this franchise has done repeatedly for the last four years. 2017, we were up 3-2 in the American League Championship Series, and then two games against Houston, buzzers or not, trash cans or not, doesn't matter. We didn't hit. Um, and, you know, people who want to blame the Yankees not winning the American League on that, go right ahead. But the bottom line is we didn't hit in those two games. And if we were such a great team, if we were a championship-caliber team, we would have overcome that. Uh, we didn't. 2018 against the Red Sox, we lose in the division series in four games. Aaron Judge is blasting New York, New York in Fenway Park when it's 1-1. Then the Red Sox come back and score 16 runs in the third game. Um, and then we get eliminated at home in game four. Uh, just an inability to get a big hit in both of those games. And really across the whole 2018 season. Uh, so you kind of shot that up. New group, you know, whatever. It's fine. We still have plenty of years in this window. Last year, 2019, we have the best Yankees team we've had in probably 10 years since the World Series team in 2009 across the regular season. We win 100 games. We could have won probably 105 if they tried in September. Uh, they just won every close game. They had so many walk-off hits, so many dramatic moments that it really felt like the team was going to win the World Series. Uh, then their pitching falters. You know, they beat the Twins. doesn't matter. Their pitching's bad against Houston for the most part. Um, game six, they don't get a big hit. Game four, they don't get a big hit. They give up big three-run home runs back-to-back. In uh, game two, they had every opportunity to win, go up 2-0 in the series last year. They didn't do it. They didn't get a big hit. Game went 12 innings. They let Correa hit a walk-off. Um, another wasted season, really, uh, this championship window with these you know young players on the team. And then this year, it's really – I mean, I'm not as mad about this year as I was about last year uh, because I just don't – with the 60-game season, I don't know how real of a championship it would have felt. But it remains the same. You know, you, you lose a short series to a team that's somehow better than you, despite having a third of the resources. Uh, you lose a game in which you're leading one nothing. You get good pitching the whole game. Blame it on Chapman all you want. They scored one run. The at-bats were pathetic. DJ LeMahieu did nothing. For a guy who's a machine, he did absolutely nothing. Aaron Judge, home run. Besides that, nothing throughout the whole entire series. Uh, Gio Urshela went completely silent after I pretty much crowned him Brooks Robinson after the Indian series. Completely silent, did absolutely nothing. Luke Voigt, one solo home run, rest of the series, absolutely nothing. Giancarlo Stanton was great in the series, not going to knock him. He obviously didn't do anything yesterday, but I'm not going to knock him. He was terrific, you know, all series, all postseason. That's the one bright spot you could circle, really. Um, you know, nothing out of the Gary Sanchez, Higashioka tandem, really. I mean, Granted, Higashioka, you're not really expecting him to hit. He had a couple decent games, but they just have too many black holes in this offense in big games, and it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I was watching the game with Tyler last night. Every inning, it just feels like they're just not going to do anything. Like, they never even really put a guy on second base yesterday. I mean, they had, I think, one time where they had guys in scoring position, and you just can't win baseball games like that. I don't care how many 
100-mile-an-hour arms the Tampa Bay Rays have. I don't care how tough they are on you. These are guys that they're finding out of absolutely nowhere, and the Yankees have an inability to find these guys uh, on top of finding a big hit in a big game. And um, I think Yankee fans, if you're defending the team, if you're you know saying we're going to be better next year, that's fine. Go right ahead. But you got to look yourself in the mirror. You got to look at this team, and you got to say, this is year four of them not winning, not even winning the American League, nevertheless winning a World Series. This is their championship window, and it's fading, and um, it's it's just really disappointing. I think right now, it's just obvious we're going to start talking about the Yankees right off the rip. Uh, obviously, we're going to cover the upcoming American League Championship Series a little bit. I know Noah's probably not in the mood to talk about that, and then we'll talk a little bit Braves-Dodgers, but I, I think we're going to go right into Yankees talk because that's what you guys want to hear. And my takeaways from these games, look, you can ask Noah. Our other buddy, Timmy, who was watching with us, was kind of being a dick, uh, you know, messing with Noah, messing with Joey. I sat there in silence. At no point was I trashing the Yankees and whatever. I just try to watch it as, you know, a fan of baseball itself. And it's really sad to see just because the Yankees are this exciting team for all intents and purposes. I bet MLB and everybody associated wanted to see Yankees Dodgers, probably the two biggest franchises in the sport. Uh, Red Sox obviously up there as well. And I think everybody wanted to see that just because when you look at the Yankees team on paper, probably the first or second best roster when everyone's healthy, and when those guys play at the level they should play at, you know, we said – None of the hitters, Yankees lineup hit for shit the entire series against the Rays. And, you know, those guys are healthy during the regular season and they're playing at the level we've seen them play at. I mean, first or second best team in baseball. I think as a Yankee fan, the one positive takeaway you have is that Garrett Cole's is $325 million man. You pay whatever the money is. I'm not going to get down to the penny with it, but you guys needed him to take the ball on short rest and needed him to step up. And he sure as hell did that. I know he had the one blunder in the fourth or fifth inning. He gave up a solo shot. But that's going to happen for a power pitcher. A guy that throws 98 and 98 to 100 is going to be in the zone. Eventually, someone's going to barrel. Unless you're a Tampa Bay, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you just blow it right by Luke Floyd every single time. Yeah, but, um, I mean, you look, Garrett Cole stepped up big. He he, he pitched to the amount of money that he's being paid. He, made, he You got your money's worth out of him. That's a bright spot. But besides that, I mean, Yankees fans do the same thing every year. It's, you know, beginning of the season, they kind of get injured. And I poke fun of Noah at this all the time. I remember in 2019, he was already over the Yankees after a week because all the guys got injured. And then we talk about how good of a manager Boone is because he gets the Yankees through that injury stretch and they have like the best record in baseball over that span when they're playing career double-A guys. Um, so the Yankees, they typically do that. They coast through the beginning part of the season with injuries. They say, as long as we get our guys back, we're fine. As soon as we see their guys come back, they play well. And then they kind of develop that evil empire persona again. They win their wild card game or their first round playoff game typically. And then as soon as they get to this big series where they actually need to make plays, they need to win ball games, they need to scratch out runs, they don't do it. And it's not like the Yankees are walking, grinding out at bats and just failing to get that last big hit. I mean, yesterday against Tampa, game five, you had Glass now shut you down. Uh, shut you down. You had Peter Fairbanks, I know. Was, I think Ryan, something like that is his name. I'm not yeah, really sure, Peter whatever. Fairbanks. He sounds like you're a local realtor. Like, yeah. We're getting shut down by this guy. And it's – it's just that's that's a Yankee team that you look at that roster as good as they are, the, as much potential as they have. They don't have fight. They don't have character. Um, they don't you have know, dogs, bro. You don't. They you don't, don't. You don't. As Luke Voigt, I'm not poking fun of Luke Voigt. I'm not Luke, like Aaron Boone. At some point, you can't go show up an umpire and say, you know, my guys are fucking savages in the box. I respect, you know, you're having a bad game, but my guys are savages. Luke Voigt goes out and says, we're going to win the whole thing. We're still the best team in baseball, which. Again, you look at the roster, they probably are along the Dodgers, but the bottom line is when you get to that big game and you embarrass your team, you embarrass your organization, and you make a fool out of your fan base like that with the performance yesterday, it's just not acceptable. And I know the Yankees are a team, they spend money. That's not to say they don't develop talent because they develop talent really well. They have plenty of major league talent. And even guys like Gio Rochella, Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks that have came here from teams that you know we weren't expecting them to do much I guess Clint Frazier is the exception there and they all of a sudden become these good major league players they're doing everything right there they just don't have that winning mentality right now and I think as a Yankee fan and I think as the Yankees organization from top to bottom they really have to look themselves in the mirror and they have to ask themselves do they want it or do they not want it because yesterday we saw a team that didn't want it and this is a team that also has two guys making upwards of 25 30 million dollars on their roster I know their payroll is just north of the 100 million mark but when you're losing to a team in your division in as tiny of a market as the Tampa Bay Rays, I think they're spending $20 million this year, if I'm not mistaken. And you have a team that's just playing analytics baseball. They pitch well. I mean, these guys don't really hit, and all of a sudden they come, and you look at that team, the bottom line is the Rays wanted it more yesterday. And the fact that a team like the Yankees, as big as they are, 27 World Series, I'm not saying that as a joke, such a historical storied franchise to go out there and do what they did against the Rays is just unacceptable. So – 
I mean, I, I'm not going to keep clowning on them, but we kind of have to. If you're the Yankees, what do you do here? Because this roster is not going to work. I mean, the pitching has held up its end of the bargain. Everybody says you need pitching, and I agree the Yankees do still need a pitcher. I think the bullpen was a little bit beat up. Losing Tommy Canely is huge. Um, I know Adam Adovino is not the Adam Adovino they expected when they signed him a couple years ago. But what is what do you do with this Yankee roster? Because on paper, again, offense is great. Pitching is very good, especially when you get Herman Severino back, and the bullpen's good. But they just have what you describe them as. They have chronic losers on the roster right there, and it's that simple. Offense isn't great. It's not. Uh, go back to 2017, they scored zero runs when they got eliminated in the elimination game. 2018, they scored three runs in their elimination game. 2019, they scored four runs. That was their best year. Uh, 2019, they should have won the World Series. That's that's my premise. I, I think they should have won it last year. That was probably the best opportunity they're going to have. Um, you know, they had a Besides Houston having Garrett Cole, I mean, I thought the Yankees were better overall. They had a lot of mojo, and they just choked two terrible games. And, um, you know, they, and in 2020, this year, one run. I mean, they've scored in their four last four games they've been eliminated in, their elimination days, they've scored combined eight runs. That's two runs again. You can't win like that. You can't win elimination games with two runs. You just can't. So the offense isn't great. They need to do something with the offense. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Um, I mean, it's, it's easy to pinpoint – strikeouts and having too many right-handed hitters on the roster is something. I mean, they didn't really strike out in the regular season this year, but obviously that's a short sample size, and we kind of know the guys that they have on the offense are more all-or-nothing guys. Um, I think the, the Yankees were a little bit exposed by the right-handed power arms of the Rays. Uh, I think Houston's been able to do that to them too, where you get all these guys who have wipeout sliders and they throw 100 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour, whatever it is. And they have life on their fastballs. It just makes it really tough on the Yankees to to get the big hit. They just they really just they can walk. They can, might run into one. They might you know it doesn't always happen. They might run into one or they're going to strike out. Uh, and it's kind of like a three true outcomes offense to it. Um, so I mean you look at we can go through the guys. I mean you're not going to trade Judge. That's just not going to happen. I know he was terrible in the series, and I'm not going to sit here and say he's the second best player in the league anymore after that. Um, but you're not going to trade Judge. That's just not going to happen. Uh, Stanton's going to be here regardless, and he wasn't the problem in the series, so I don't think anybody's going to be clamoring for him to be out of here. Um, Torres is going to be here, and he's the face – not the face, but he's probably the future of the franchise. Uh, so you're not going to get rid of him. Urshel is making no money, and he's still a really good glove at third base, and he's a above-average offensive player. You're not going to get rid of him. So where are you going to fix the off? Like, are we getting rid of Voight, who led the league in home runs? I mean, like – that's one of the guys we could get rid of. I think the obvious answer might be Gary Sanchez. Granted, he didn't even play in this series. So, I mean, we could trade him, and that's fine. But it's not like he was the reason we lost this series. So, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure where to go. I'm not sure what kind of player we really need. Um, you can bring up contact guys. I mean, I think a left-handed bat would be important just so we can get more lefties in there. I think you see guys like Aaron Hicks probably had the best at-bats on the team in the playoffs besides Stanton. Uh, and he's, a, you know, getting a lot of at-bats from the left side as a switch hitter. You could kind of attribute that uh, to all the right-handed pitchers he was seeing, you know, and getting just like – it's a different element to the lineup. Um, guys, I guess lefties who can make contact and get on base and work at bats. I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't have the answer for this offense. I think we talked about it last time kind of as a joke, but think about how much Francisco Lindor fits in that lineup right now. Think about it. Lefty, okay, lefty okay, bat, good so, shortstop. So please. get rid of LeMay? I don't they can't have LeMayu and Lindor on the same well, I was going to say, you have to, you have to trade some – I think you have to trade some Major League talent at that point. Like I know Torres? you have to pay DJ LeMayu. You just say Luke Voigt's a guy you could throw in there, but I don't know. What's like make DJ the all the full-time first baseman? You could play – I mean, DJ could play anywhere. Um, I mean, we could get Lindor fine. The bottom like, line is you guys you guys need left-handed hitting. You guys – I know you need to improve your defense at shortstop. Labor Torres is not a shortstop. Um, you guys need – you just need hitters. You need guys that – don't have the same approach because you look at that Yankees lineup and I kind of throw Lindor in there as a joke. Obviously he fits on 99% of MLB teams, but you just get, you guys need more professional hitters. I know DJ LeMahieu, what he did in this series is probably not what he's normally going to do just because the guy's as pure a hitter as MLB's seen in a long time. But you guys have just a lineup with plenty of dudes with the same approach. Like Giancarlo Stan's not looking to punch a base hit to shallow right field. All right, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go through everybody on the team and you got to tell me keep, get rid of, or depends. All right. So I'm really, all right. So DJ, we keeping him this offseason. I think you keep. I think you have keep to keep him. him. So you can win a championship with DJ LeMay on your team. Yeah. yeah well, I, I completely agree. But I'm just making sure we're, we're good on that. Judge. Yes. Keep. keep. Okay. Yeah. All right. So as long as he, in a few years, as long as he doesn't call for 35 million, unless he starts to become that player, you can keep him. Hips. I mean, 
I'd still keep him. I think I he's, he's put up big. He's put up big at bats in postseason games. I mean, he's hit huge uh, home runs. I know you're a Hicks guy, so that helps. But yeah, and he wasn't the problem in this series. Right. He, he had, had some like good at bats, some percentage. good walks. So. Yeah, I mean, he was he. Yeah, uh, I'm not even gonna ask Stanton. He's gonna be here regardless. That's a moot point. Uh, Voight. I think Luke Voigt's one of those guys that I think in this situation he's the easiest guy to move just because he has the big league potential. Obviously, we've seen he had a great year this year at 22, 23 home runs. Um, improved his first base defense. He's a proven major league baseball player now. He's done it the last two and a half seasons. And like you said, you're not moving Stanton. Judge is a guy that you're not going to move just because he's Aaron Judge. The, the judge's chamber out in right center field. I mean, this is this is he is the New York Yankee right now. And like I said, you have to kind of sort of weed out that approach of just hitting home runs. And I think Luke Voigt's the easiest guy you move right now. So if I were the Yankees, I think that's a guy I think about moving so just I- to either I think you try to get you know, you try to get some talent in return, just a guy that you can kind of plug into the lineup that can, you know, hit for average, whatever has big league approach, because this whole philosophy of just hitting bombs and trying to walk eventually, that's not going to work in the postseason. There's, we haven't seen a team, a slugging team, just, you know, slug their way to a MLB championship or a world series is what normal human beings call it. I don't know what I was saying. I know you see teams like the Red Sox in 2018, they didn't have great pitching and their bats kind of just carry them, but that's, that's actually a dynamic offense. They get base hits, they walk, they steal bases, they score runs. A team like the Yankees are too one-dimensional. I think a guy like Luke Voigt, you know, I'm not going to say the guy's not a good hitter because the guy had a phenomenal season at the plate. He created plenty of runs. I think he's valuable to a regular season offense. But at some point when you're facing these ready power arms and you have to squeeze out that base hit, who on the Yankees do you see? There's maybe a, two guys that you think are going to put up a 7-8 pitch at bat and then punch a base hit the right field. Torres, Torres and LeMay. I said Torres and LeMay are the yeah. only guys. Gio on his day. Besides that, it's every other guy's up there on a two-strike you know, down 0-2, they're still swinging for the fences. Yeah. And I think Voigt is that guy that's – I don't want to say expendable, but I think he's a guy that you could definitely move and try to get something in return to change your offensive right, so dynamic. The worst five teams in the league this year slugging all going to be looking for offense were Cleveland, the Cardinals, the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Pirates. I'm looking at the Mariners. Jerry Depoto, Brian Cashman work very well together. Mariners have some young pitching. They need a big stick in the lineup. Jared Kelenic? <laughs> would, you, would you do Luke Voigt? For Luke Voigt and another prospect for Marco Gonzalez, left-handed starter, can be like our fourth starter, a little bit better than Montgomery, better than Hap. You know, he's in rotation upgrade. Mariners were looking to deal with the deadline. Would you do that? I mean, because Voigt's a better player than Gonzalez, but Gonzalez might fit with the Yankees. You're trying to do just another arm in there. Right. And, you know, and we can use first base. I mean, you can try to, you could try to find somebody on the market. You could do it by platoon. You could put LeMahieu there full-time if you really want to. I mean, I, I think LeMahieu is too good of a glove to really be a full-time first baseman, but it's not like he's not in the field at first. He's picking balls and can still you know, really work on actually being a first baseman because he actually hasn't done that. He, they just kind of stick him over there. Um, and they're going to have, like you said, Torres is a better second baseman than he is a shortstop. I was dead wrong about that. You know, he came up as a shortstop. That was his natural position, so I thought he would be fine there, but he really had struggled this year. Um, yeah, I think the Yankees might run him back at shortstop next year and hope that he improves. And if not, then they do something with that. And I won't knock them for that because he's still 23 years old. There's room to improve. It's not like he doesn't have skill. You know, he's got a really good arm and he's got some range. He's not like, you know, he's, he's not Andujar at third base. You know, he's, he's got pretty good footwork. And, uh, I think more with Torres, it's more just like mental errors. You know, you saw the ball in the hole last night, just picked it the wrong way. It's just stuff like that. You know, with more seasoning, he might be able to improve that. But I think he's more of a second baseman than a shortstop. So if you get a guy, I'm not saying Lindor, but if you get a shortstop, even like Andrew Elton Simmons, like would you would you sign him? Kind of like a contact, pesky guy who plays insane defense at short. You know, really bulk up the left side of the infield with Urshela and Simmons at short. Do that next year. And like he's a right-handed hitter, he's not going to hit that big, but he's like kind of a contact guy. You know, he, he doesn't strike out. I mean, there's guys like that that the Yankees could target. It's just, it's not an easy solution. I mean, like, we can keep going down the offense. Like, are you keeping Clint Frazier next year with all he showed you? Because he was really good this year, but they still didn't trust him enough to play him in the postseason. They played Gardner, and Frazier's a strikeout prone guy, and he's a power hitter, and he's another right handed hitter. And I'm not sure if he's the type of hitter, you know, when you get to like the situation you laid out, you need somebody to have a seven or eight pitch at bat and punch a base hit to right field and not get a big run. Do you see Clint Fra- Like, I'm not picking Clint Frazier over guys on the roster to do that yeah. for me. I mean, like, it, it's, we just have so many of these same players. It's such a redundant roster, but they're all so talented where you kind of like talent. You want to just have as much talent as you possibly can. It's kind of like the Clippers in the NBA, man. Like, it, it just doesn't always blend. They have this, like, the Yankees just have this expectation, like, they're this championship-winning team who's done it before. Like, you know, they kept saying that when they were down 2-1. We've done this before. 
You've done it before and then lost. Yeah. You haven't done this before and come back to win a championship yeah. or even win a pennant. You've done it before and lost. Like, yeah. why do we have this, like, preconceived notion that we've had this great run and this great season, this great team? We haven't done anything. Yeah. The one good run you guys had was 2017, and that's because you had no expectations. You had, yeah. a, you had I mean, rebuilding expectations. All of a sudden, Judge probably should have won the MVP that year. You're getting big innings out of guys, you know. And then it's, like you were saying before, it's, it's such a weird problem to have with the Yankees because I bet – Probably 27, 28 of the 30 teams in the MLB would take their the Yankees roster over their roster. But at the same time right now, this Yankee roster doesn't work. You have so many good players. You don't really know where you need to improve. You know where you need to improve, but you don't know how to do it. I mean, it's easy for some teams to say, look, we didn't pitch well this year. We have a couple arms. we got to go sign a couple arms. Our offense is good. Our bullpen's good. We'll be fine. The Yankees, again, they have a pretty solid starting pitching staff, especially with the guys love coming back. Their bullpen's good. And their lineup is really good. I mean, they mash. But the problem is, what do you do in that situation? We know what they kind of need, but acquiring that's not going to be easy just because you have guys that are – It's some guy's going to – somebody's going to have to, you know, take on the sacrifice and I know leave need. the Yankees. And Brian Cashman's going to have to make a big move because – I know what is, they need. What do, you, what do you think? I think they need Andrew Elton Simmons and Michael Brantley. That's my that's my prediction it's Brantley right DH Brantley's a free agent. No, I think he plays left. Okay. Because Brantley's a professional hitter. You watch him with the Astros, he's gap to gap. He doesn't strike out. Consistently good at bat. Contact guy. He'd hit 20 home runs in right Yan- Yankee Stadium. Left-handed hitter. Will hit big pitching. Will hit power arms. He knows what he's doing. Now he'll come here and he'll get hurt because he's an injury-prone player. And, you know, that if you're an injury-prone player and you come to the Yankees, you instantly become three times more injury It's New York, dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Something's in New York. So he'll get hurt. But as long as he's healthy in October, I don't care. I think they need Brantley. I think they need Simmons. I think you move Torres to short. I think you trade Voight. I think you put LeMayu at first. Then all of a sudden you have – and you trade Sanchez. I don't know. I think you still need another lefty back. I, I, everybody wants to trade Sanchez, and I'm fine with that. I'm not I'm not believing in Sanchez, but you're just selling so low on him. Like, you're not going to get anywhere near the value you were before. People are clamoring for Real Muto too. I think that's stupid. Another right-handed hitter. Granted, he's very good. He's more of a professional. You know, He's more of a DJ type than you know a power-hitting all-or-nothing guy. But he's got hip problems, and you're going to have to pay him probably $150 million to come here. That's another big contract, another right-handed hitter. I, I, I just don't see that fit. Um, but I think if you get a guy like Simmons, even though he's not a good hitter, he might be able to put up, just keep the line moving, just foul off pitches. Another like he, he doesn't strike out, and he plays, and he's the best defender we've really seen at shortstop in the last probably 30 years. You put him on the left side of the infield with Urshela Simmons, your defense becomes really, really good. You put Brantley in left, make him the full-time left fielder. You have Hicks in center. You have Judge in right. Stanton's still your DH. I mean, you you can kind of split the lineup a little bit up with contact power, contact power, and it's just not the same kind of thing. I'm like, I'm looking at the, you know, we're down one in the ninth inning, and you have Stanton, Voight, Urshela come up, and I'm just kind of like, I mean, besides Urshela, like I'm like, these guys are either going to hit a tie game, solo home run, or they're going to strike out. We're not going to get any kind of rally going. We're not going to get a base hit to right and, you know, maybe steal a base and get a guy on second base and really make the race sweat. We're either going to hit the ball out of the ballpark or we're going to strike out. And then that's pretty much what happened. So I think Dubak, I, I think you guys need a couple lefty bats. I think Michael Brantley's a, a good would be a good move for you guys. He's had two good seasons in Houston the past couple of years or however long he's been there and healthy. So I think he's going to demand some type of money just because a lefty bat that's been there that's had big hits. He's had big hits last year in the postseason. He's had big hits this year in that twin series. And I think that's a guy that's going to demand money. But if you're Brian Cashman, you have money to spend, certainly. I know Tanaka's coming off the books. You might have to pay him. You have DJ LeMahieu. You're going to try to give as much money as you can. But the Yankees payroll right now, they're around $100 million. It's not bad. I know you're going to have to sign Judge soon. They're way over $100 million. Aren't, I thought they were only they – no, so no, we're at like we're like 180 or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pull up the payrolls right now. You can keep talking. Yeah, but I think you guys – you have a problem because you're going to have to start spending a lot of money. I mean, you have – you have – Garrett Cole, who's making his 30, 30 million or 30, 35 million. You have Giancarlo Stanton is making, you know, his 25, 26 million. Again, you're gonna have to pay Judge. You assume you're gonna bring back Tanaka and LeMayhew. So you have money you need to spend, but I think Brian Cashman Cashman has to get creative just because he has plenty of resources, guys he could trade. I know Miguel Andujar still has some value. I know he can't really play in the field and didn't play much this year, but we saw his bat in 2018. Um, 2019 he was hurt. And in 2018, he had a great bat. You have Clint Frazier's a guy that's kind of gotten some playing time. You still have prospects. You have plenty of pitchers that are coming up. Uh, I think Brian Cashman has to get creative just because he has a roster and he has some expendable pieces that 
for all intents and purposes, we know the Yankees are going to produce more talent to back them up. So, all right. So right now we're projected at 140 million dollars for next year. I'm not. I don't think that includes arbitration figures. So you're probably looking at more like 180, 190 million dollars there. Mm-hmm. Luxury tax is what 208. Um, I think they're going to go over it again. I think Hal Steinbrenner has expressed that we're going to keep going over it until we win a World Series, um, despite him not wanting to be over it. So if you're looking at you know 185 with the arbitration or what, yeah, I should have probably looked at these numbers before we did this. So I apologize to our listeners. We'll put something out on the podcast uh, page when we talk about this. But the Yankees right now 140 million guaranteed, probably 185 with the arbitration figures. You're looking at Tanaka. I think he's going to come back. I think you need Tanaka to come back. Is you know he can be inconsistent in the regular season, but it doesn't matter. Uh, despite him struggling uh, against Tampa in Game Three. I think him not starting game two screw with him a little bit. I think Tanaka should be a guy that you trust come postseason time. I, I know he struggled this week. Yankee fans might not want to hear that, but he's still a dependable top three starter in a rotation, more like a third starter than a game two guy. Um, but I'm fine with Tanaka coming back. I'd say $16 million for him next year. LeMayu, despite the bad series, again, you know he won a batting title for us. He easily could have won one in 2019. Uh, he's one of the best players on the team. He's probably the guy you trust the most in a big spot. Um, I think you have to bring him back. I think Cashman's going to do everything he can to bring him back. I think he'll probably be a $20 million a year guy at this point, honestly. He might he might be a 40 or $80 million guy. Um, and then that's $36 million you're adding to it. So now you're up in the 215, you know, 220 range. How much more payroll are they going to add beyond that? I'm like, you're going to re-sign your two guys, your starter and your second baseman. But, I mean, you still have – Severino's going to be out half the year next year. Jay Happ's not going to be in the rotation. You're going to have Montgomery – you're going to have Herman back. You have no idea what he's going to look like. I mean, do you trust them over the regular season to win the division over a Tampa Bay Rays team that you know is going to be good again next year? Do you trust Cole, Tanaka, Herman, Montgomery, Debbie Garcia? Is that a good enough rotation with Clark Schmidt and this is the sixth guy? Or do you think they need another starter? I think you probably need another starter because a lot of those guys are question marks. You know, like Tanaka wasn't very good in the postseason this year. What is he going to do next year? I know Jordan Montgomery – Sorry, like whatever you want to say about Jordan Montgomery, I know he's not. He's fine. Yeah, he's not gonna. Like he's not. Ma- he's not. Exci- you're not excited when you watch Jordan Montgomery pitch, and then you know you have a lot riding on Debbie Garcia. I know he had his ups and downs in the few starts he played this year. Few starts he played. Few starts he appeared in the pitch this year. Uh, I woke up early, guys. I'm on like five, six hours of sleep. I'm sorry. Um, and then again, you have. Uh, um, What's his name? Clark Schmidt. Yeah. yeah, you have a guy like Clark Schmidt coming up. You don't know what to expect from a guy like him. Could come up, do great. Could come up and be poor. I think the problem with this Yankees team is that bullpen has done well. You really don't know exactly what you're going to get yet. There's just a lot of question marks. The only thing we know is that this offense is not going to be particularly consistent. And I think the priority for me is I think you have to. I think you have to trade either trade for a pitcher because you're not going to do all this. You're not going to be able to do all this in free agency just because with the numbers you laid out and their payroll getting as high as it is. Um, you're not going to be able to do all of this through free agency and just sign guys. I know people say that, you know, the Yankees just spend money. It's all they do. It's like, that's, you really don't do that. It's, you really, you, the Yankees can't. Teams in baseball can't because of, the, you know, the luxury tax and whatever. Teams don't really want to go over it. So I think Brian Cashman, like I said before, really has to get creative. I think you have to require a middle of the pack starter just to kind of awesome. anchor your staff, like awesome. you said. Yeah. Just one of those guys, um, you know, like like a classic, like three or four years ago with Gio Gonzalez. Remember, his, his name was always around a team that oh, always God, wanted to yeah. get their three Keichel, or four. Every year, yeah. Keichel, we might sign yeah. him. Uh, that, we, could do, we could do another set on that. Who's like the classic three to four guy that's going to give you like six innings, three runs or something like that. Not even so, that, dude. We're like five innings, five yeah. runs. Yeah. Like 12 hits. That's like the most like flawed thing ever is people think four starters give you six innings, three runs. Yeah. The Yankees would take that from their second starter. Yeah, I think most. I think most teams like six innings, three runs. That's a quality start. That's what qualifies as a quality start. But um, I don't want to. I don't want to beat a dead horse here. It's kind of just running into the same pattern. Just you know, saying the same stuff, but it's kind of hard to, you know, just qualify what exactly we need to see happen with the Yankees. We kind of identified some of the problems. Again, this is not from a place of hate. We're not. This is not unwarranted. It's just the Yankees have disappointed for several years now. Uh, excluding that 2017 run. Last thing I want to talk about before we finish this part of the segment, what do you think Aaron Boone's future with the Yankees is right now? Oh, he'll be back. I don't really think any of this series was Boone's fault. Um, I think he did the best that he could. He expressed a willingness to go to Britain and Chapman and Green back-to-back-to-back days. Um, He expressed a willingness to do whatever it takes to win. I mean, I think a lot of the times some guys might not even want Derek Cole going on short rest. Um, I think Boone is really just – a good, good guy for the clubhouse. I think he's fine. 
Don't I'm you not, think I'm not knocking him for it? I mean, I think we could. We talked about this last night. Could I'd like to see baseball get more back to having an actual manager rather than kind of a poster boy for the team and like a guy who just relays messages. Um, you know, a guy like Joe Girardi. That's why he was fired. I'd like to get back to that. I'd like Aaron Boone to have that kind of freedom. I don't really think it's Aaron Boone's fault, though. I think it's just baseball managers. But don't you think the Yankees coming out as flat as they did, not having this motivation, not having an approach it looked like at the plate was kind of Aaron Boone's fault? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I blame it honestly on Marcus Timms of anything because I I think their approach at the plate was just really poor yesterday. I think a lot of the swings were swinging for the fences and not just working counts, spoiling pitches. I mean, we really didn't have a a lot of long counts. Uh, obviously, we're watching the game with our friend Joey, and he just keeps saying how every counts one, two, oh, two, and he's making. He makes a point, you know. We really were never in a position to jump, like ambush them. Like we never got down two zero, and the Rays were in a bunch of two zero counts yesterday. Uh, if we go, if we go back and look at how many two zero or ad counts the Rays were in compared to the Yankees, you're going to see a huge disparity, and that's a problem. And I think that reflects more on the hitting coach and and, and the players themselves. Um, rather than the manager, I think I don't know. I don't know if coming out flat is the right way I describe them. I think they were just more, just they were just they just weren't good enough, man. The Rays were just better. Like I, I think the Yankees players wanted to win. I just don't think that they have the same kind of drive deep down. I don't know if they have that same kind of dog in them deep down. I don't know how they get that. I mean, if you want to blame that on Boone, go ahead. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really out of answers. What I really want to talk about with the Yankees is the bullpen. Every every year we're like we have this monster bullpen. We've got all these dudes. We're gonna you know ride them for six innings every game in the postseason, and these guys just give up home run after home run in big spots. I mean, how many big home runs have the Yankees bullpen given up in these last four years? I mean, you look at Chad Green, 2017, he gives up that grand slam to Lindor. Then 2017 against the Astros, David Robertson's giving up hits down the line to Houston, and Chapman wasn't the same. He gave up a walk off to Correa that year. 2018 against the Red Sox, we couldn't really hold them down. You know, Britain's given up home runs to Christian Vasquez, you know, in, in, in game four. And, you know, nobody really wanted it then. And in 2019, Chapman, obviously, the hang slider to Altuve. Buzzers or not, that's a terrible pitch. He got walked off. He was smiling. as we and It was a season that, you know, was such an emotionally grueling season came to an end. And then this year, I mean, and last year, Chad Green, too, he gave up a three-run home run to Carlos Correa that put us away in game four and let the Astros go up 3-1 instead of keeping us in the game and allowing us to get it to a 2-2 series. We win game five. It's a completely different story if we're up 3-2, going back to Houston rather than down 3-2. Uh, and then Chad Green this year, you know, Michael Perez hits a two-run home run. Chapman against Brasso yesterday, huge home run. I mean, we just give up just gutting home run after gutting home run. The Canely injury was huge, and I think, you know, you, you give the Yankees a little bit of a break that's not in their control. But it's not like we added anybody at the deadline to replace him. We just said, hey, we have Adovino and Holder. And like, Adovino is inept. He was inept this season. I just, I never really felt comfortable with anybody besides Britain coming into the game this postseason. And I think that's just an indictment on, you know, this bullpen just not being as dominant. So I don't know how we fix that, too. I mean, like, is there a big reliever like a Liam Hendricks that you target this offseason? Would you bring in just a couple of fringe guys? Would you bring in lower level arms from other teams that, you like because of the scouting report on them. You like their spin rate. You like their stuff. They've had good seasons in the minor leagues. You hope you can develop them into something. Like I don't know what the avenue is for the bullpen because we're stuck with Chapman. Yeah, we were just talking about this off air. Chapman is right now. It's every time the Yankees have been in a big spot, big spot the past few years. Chapman has just served up a big home run. And I know I was saying to Noah last night to be fair to him, to be fair to the guys in the bullpen. If your offense is not hitting, eventually you're going to put your your pitcher in a position where he's going to give up a home run at some point. It's just you look what happened to the Braves-Reds game one. You know, both their pitchers are going at it. Their starters do well. Their bullpen's doing well. Eventually you're going to give up a home run. A little unfair to Chapman, but at the same time, a guy you're paying that much money, a guy who's built off of, you know, throwing. He used to throw 103 and had a slider, a wipeout slider he could throw. Now you're stuck with a guy two, three more years. He's throwing 100, which is, you know, pretty typical for a reliever at this point with the slider. MLB hitters eventually are just going to be able to sit on 100 miles per hour. It's not like they could sit on 103 because I don't think it's humanly possible to just expect 103 to prepare for us. Now Chapman's in his 98 to 100 range, and all of a sudden he becomes a lot more hittable. Like you said, Tommy Candy going down, he's not going to pitch next year, is he? Or is he going to come back at some point? He had Tommy he, John surgery this he, year? He might come back in like August. But how effective is he going to be? Yeah. And you, there, like you said, there are good arms um, in 
free agency, I just look. Obviously, you have Liam Hendricks, a guy like Shane. Uh, you have Alex Colome. You have Blake Trinan, I think, had a resurgent year with the Dodgers. So there's certainly options. But like I said, how are you going to improve there when you have to pay other guys in the lineup? And there's guys you have to bring back like DJ Mayhew. I think so much money to spend, and you don't have enough resources to do it. Guess who's like. going to be the closer? Who's it going to be? Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it goes back to the same thing. Who's going to be in the big spot when it's, you know, 1-1 one, one, or holding the lead next year and we're playing against the, I, I don't know, we're playing against the White Sox in, in U.S. Cellular Field in game six. And it's, uh, it's, it's we're down 3-2 in the series. And he's facing Tim Anderson. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, like we're going to go through this whole entire thing again. And we can't fix it because we just paid Chapman last offseason. You have Britain who might have an opt-out. He might leave. He's the only guy I trust to begin with. We have Chad Green. Uh, they ask too much out of Chad Green. I'm not going to really knock him, but he's given up big hits. It's not like this guy's immune. Adam Adovino, I think, is expendable. Uh, I think a lot of the times teams see relievers as year-to-year guys, uh, and I agree. One year you can have a really good season. The next year you can be bad. It's happened over and over again. I think Adovino last year, for the most part, was really good uh, until we got to October, of course. Uh, and then this year he was poor. Um, but I think a lot of teams on a one-year deal worth $9 million, $8 million, whatever it is, I think a lot of teams are going to be willing to take him on. Um, and the Yankees should be able to get a couple okay prospects back for him. I think he's a change of scenery guy. I'm, I'm really sick of just seeing him come into the game. Uh, I think a lot of Yankee fans feel the same way because he has he's too nasty, man. He's like He's got all this stuff, and he just has no idea where he's going. And you just don't trust him to throw strikes. You don't trust him to leave a slider over the middle of the plate to be belted. He's completely ineffective against left-handed batters. Uh, Aaron Boone had no faith in him. He didn't bring him in any spot. And he, he can lie to the media all he wants about, oh, Otto's going to see you. Otto's going to have a big moment in this playoffs. He's going to come in and be really important for us. No, he's not. And he wasn't an important factor in this series. They trusted Britain, you know, who had thrown 40 pitches the day before uh, to come in and get five outs before they wanted Adovino to face anybody. Uh, so he's got to go. And then you look at the back end of the bullpen. They've got they've the, the, you know, the middle guys. They've got Loisica who throws 98 miles an hour with this nasty changeup and this nasty curveball, and he can't locate anything. And this is a guy who never walked anybody in the minor leagues. He can't locate a thing in the major leagues. He can't even be like an effective one-inning reliever. He always puts guys on, or he walks somebody, gives up a hard hit ball, and he's got this lost look on the mound. I don't know what the solution is with him. We have Sessa, who is okay, but you, you don't trust him in a big spot. It's not like he's going to become some big-time reliever for you. You've got Michael King, who largely can't get anybody out. Yeah, I mean, Nick Nelson was, like, one of their better relievers in the postseason this year. I mean, Holder, good year this year, awful year 2018. He'll probably be bad again next year. You don't trust guys like that. There's just – there's it's just so – it's frustrating, man. I there, I can't sugarcoat any of this, this shit anymore. It's, we deal with this repeatedly, and I'm just sick of just having these guys on the team. I'm, I'm my, just, my closing thoughts on the Yankees, unless you have anything else to talk about, before we wrap this up and talk about the rest of Major League Baseball's playoff, is the Yankees have put themselves in a position now where they're no longer allowed to talk about how Brian Cashman has made all these good moves, how, you know, he got Glaber, then he signed Chapman back. I'm tired of, you know, giving Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Luke Voigt all the I'm, – I'm tired of giving these guys credit because of, you know, how good they are in the regular season. I don't want to hear the evil empire is back anymore. I don't want to hear that we have the best pitcher in baseball and Garrett Cole. To be fair, it's not his fault any of this happened. I don't want to hear any of this This Yankees, you know, I don't want to hear that this team has this MLB potential to kind of just take on the world, win 110 games, close their way to the World Series, because these past few years, they haven't done anything to deserve that. Every year, listen, it's going to happen again. I think eventually, maybe not you, people who actually have some sense of it, they're going to have a similar roster going into the next year just because of these restrictions we've talked about. They're going to go into the season. We're going to have the same type of season. They're going to get hurt early on. You know, Judge is probably going to miss some time. Stanton's going to pull his quad running to first, you know, doing a base running drill. Um, they're going to get carried by some of these guys who aren't playing all the time. Glaber Torres is probably going to have a good year. Same thing's going to happen next year. We're going to think the Bronx Bombers are back. This is the team. This is the year. Aaron Boone just yelled at an umpire. You know, Garrett Cole just went eight innings, struck out 14 batters in Baltimore. The same stuff is going to happen, and until they right the ship and change what happens in the postseason, I'm not ready to talk about this team as highly as we talked about last year and, you know, during this offseason. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this team, rightfully so. Again, the roster, awesome. You know, bullpen guys are always good. The offense can hit bombs. But I think we have to start being aware of the fact that despite what's on paper, sometimes it never translates onto the field, and we've seen that time and time again across all sports. So my closing thought is that unless the Yankees change something about the culture and the way they're playing right now, I'm not ready to look at this team. And I'm not confident about this team any more confident than I am about 
you know, a team like we went in the postseason. We were talking about the A's, you know, the Astros, the Twins. We weren't confident in any of these guys. And they're the Twins with a higher payroll. Yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure the Yankees typically are getting by this first playoff series and are at least finding themselves, you know, in a game six, game seven of the ALCS. But nothing about this Yankee team, this Yankee roster, tells me that they're going to be dangerous in the postseason right now. And that it's as simple as that. They have to make changes. Anything else? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I just I think they lack they lack killer instinct. Uh, up one nothing in the series, you look great in game one. You do this stupid Garcia hap thing. I, I realize we didn't even record since this happened, but just the stupid decision to piggyback hap off of Garcia when Hap's told you multiple times that he feels doesn't feel comfortable coming out of the bullpen. You have a rookie starting pitcher. He has no idea what he's supposed to do. They're like, hey, you might only throw for an inning. Hey, you might throw for three innings. Just go out there and throw. Like, it's it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing for these guys to go out there and do it, and it's just it's stupid. They should have just started Tanaka. They should have had Garcia or Hap pitch game three, and the other one pitch game four and have Montgomery piggyback them because at least Montgomery is more equipped to handle that role than a guy like Hap who's been in the league for 15 years and has done nothing but start. Uh, they lack kind of a feel for the game sometimes. I mean, last year they changed their lineup every single game in October trying to get them, like, swinging. And A-Rod said that that gets hitters out of their rhythm. It puts pressure on guys when they get moved up. It discourages guys when they get moved down. They don't have a set roster or a set lineup. They don't have a set rotation. They lack guttiness in big games. They lack an, They have an inability to get a big hit. They don't have any championship DNA on this team besides Gardner in 2009. How great has that served us these last few years? I mean, they don't they really don't have any they don't have any veteran leadership besides Brett Gardner. When Brett Gardner is like your most important leader, it's it's just not it's not strong enough. It's clearly not. I mean, they, they we've had him like this for four years, and we see C. Sabathia on the team too, and that still wasn't enough. They need somebody who's been there and done it. I mean, they they need. You need just guys who know how to get the job done. It's just a lot of guys who are really, really talented players and who are good people and who play hard, and they have a lot of talent. But when push comes to shove, they don't get the job done in October. They just don't, and um, it's really disappointing. Now, I'm going to try to be a little bit positive for the Yankee fans listening. I know we've been really negative this whole entire time, and I'm not really going to change my tune on this team um, You know, until we see them make changes this winter and until we see kind of a change in the way they play next year. Um, and if you want, uh, you can, here's the positive side is you can chalk it up to a 60 game season. If you want, they never really got in a rhythm. They were never healthy. Uh, there is a lot of weird things that can happen in 60 game season. There's no fans. They didn't have the Yankee stadium crowd backing them. Uh, there's something element to that. They had Luis Severino get hurt. They had James Paxton get hurt. Those were their game two and three starters coming in with Tanaka as their game four, much deeper rotation when those four, when all four of those guys are healthy and on their game. Uh, that's a championship caliber rotation if they're all healthy and on their game, but that's a big if, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, so you have Severino coming back at some point next year. For the postseason next year, you'll have him. Uh, so that's a plus. You have a lot of talent on this team. The Yankees are going to be back in October next year. It's not like they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be here. If they get in the wild card game, they're going to win it. They always win that game. They always find a way to get in the division series. It's really just a matter of getting over this hump. And, I mean, we've seen it with the Dodgers – we don't know if they're going to be able to do it this year, but they've had kind of the same inability. Now, granted, they've been able to get to the World Series. That's largely been more because they haven't had an Astros in, or a Red Sox in the American League or in the National League. Um, but it's just a matter of getting over this hump and a matter of changing the culture a little bit, changing the philosophy of the team a little bit, and just hoping that this group's finally going to mesh and finally do what they're supposed to do. And, um, you know, we'll see what Brian Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, Aaron Boone and company do to, to change it. I'm sure there'll be a fall guy. I'm sure somebody will get fired. It won't be one of those two main guys, though. That's not going to happen. Um, I'm sure there'll be some kind of change, you know, in the way that they play. There'll be some kind of lineup change. They might add another arm. They might bring in a bullpen guy. And they're going to try to spin it, you know, with the 60-game season being weird. We had injuries, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You gotta, if you're a Yankee fan, you just gotta hold on to the hope that, you know, or hold on to the fact that they've got so much talent on this roster and they have a surplus of resources and they're just gonna be able to figure it out eventually. That, that, that's all I've gotta say. Yeah, so I wanna kind of, 
I don't want to talk about Astros Rays right now just because there's going to be nothing but negativity. You know, we both hate the Astros. The Rays aren't a particularly – it's not going to be a fun series to watch. So no, I want I'm to talk about, watch it. I'm really not. I want to talk about the National League Championship Series, which is going to be a great series in my opinion. I just think that these are two of the – I think these are probably the two best teams in the postseason with the Rays also just because we saw what they did in the regular season. Me and Noah talked about it a little bit before we started recording that, you know, this Braves pitching has been phenomenal. They have a .92 record, uh, ERA during this postseason. Granted, they played against – probably two of the weakest teams in the postseason. I know the Marlins had a great season. They made, went on a great run, but I bet if you ask the Braves any teams they want, any two teams that want to play in the National League playoffs, their first two picks would probably be the Reds and, you know, the Marlins just because of the roster construction. But the Braves and the Dodgers, that's going to be our National League championship matchup. And I think that's exciting because I think they're the two best teams and you look at their numbers. I mean, Clayton Kershaw's pitched well this year uh, in the playoffs, especially. Julio Arias has a 0.00 ERA in the postseason. Walker Bueller is K through nine is at 18 right now. He's a 3-3-3 ERA in the postseason. He's still been very good. You guys like Blake Trinan, uh, Blake Trinan, like I said earlier on the show, have really stepped up in the roles. He had a comeback year. Dustin May in the bullpen. Um, Kenley Jansen has struggled, but you also look at that offense. Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts. We know what he's doing. He's sitting 368 this postseason at a 1066 OPS. Cody Bellinger, who really just had a horrible regular season considering how good he was last year, has been one of their best performers in the postseason, hitting 316 at a 960 OPS. Getting a guy like Cody Bellinger going is something you really need, especially for a team that has high aspirations like them. Justin Turner hasn't played particularly well. Corey Seager, awesome bounce back year. I really like watching that guy play. Will Smith, AJ Pollock have been effective. Uh, Max Muncie was a guy who was awesome last year, hasn't done much. And I'm only going through these stats just because, no, I know both of us haven't really watched a ton of Dodgers baseball just because, you know, you don't have to watch the Dodgers. You know that they're going to probably be playing in the NLCS. So we have that rundown just because the Dodgers pretty much the best team all around. And then similarly, you look at the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman's your league MVP in the National League. Marcelo Zuna's had just awesome year, hit 360, 18 home runs, 56 RBIs. Travis Darno hit that big home run. I'm not going to talk about him and any other reason besides that. Um... He's, I think he's leading their team in batting this year, hitting like 416 in the postseason. And then you look at their pitchers. I mean, Ian Anderson, Max Fried, all these guys um, just making big starts we didn't expect them to make. I mean, Chris Martin's been good in the bullpen. Mark Melanson's been, you know, like that old Mark Melanson who had some great starts or uh, some great appearances. And I think really as a baseball fan, I'm excited for the series. Just two great teams, and that's really all I'm going to say if you have anything to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited for it, too. I'll definitely watch all these games. Um, I was lying before. I'm going to end up watching the Rays-Astros series. Uh, That's also part of my obligation as a baseball fan and the host of a baseball podcast. I have to actually know what's going on and not just be talking out of my ass when I'm talking about this, these games. Um, but the one series that I – yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to Dodgers-Braves. This was the championship series that I expected – um, you know, coming into the postseason. I think I thought it might happen, you know, in the preseason back in March too. I think these are the two best teams in the National League, and they've proven that over 162 before, and they've proven that over 60 again here this year and in this postseason. Uh, and I think it's going to be a dogfight. I don't think it's going to be Dodgers in four or five like people are letting on. I think the Dodgers win in six, maybe seven. I can't really see a path to Atlanta winning other than Acuna, Freeman, and Ozuna just – being like all on top of their game at once and all of them really producing getting on power surges. I think that's the only path to them winning, uh, but the Braves pitching has been awesome. Like you said, the Dodgers have such a great team. I mean, they made the Padres look like a bad team in these three games. I mean, there was only one close game of those three and the Padres were a team with a lot of mojo, a lot of offense. And they pretty much just said, Hey, we're, we're still the NL West champions. We're still a team that's been to October before and won, not necessarily a world series, but we've won series. We've won pennants. Um, and more better than you, and they asserted their dominance. Mookie Betts has been huge for them. Gives them a legitimate, legitimate top player in these post. Like, you need a guy like that, I think, in the postseason uh, to win. Like, a, a guy you know is going to give you huge at-bats, like Springer for the Astros, um, previously judge of the Yankees. Uh, guys like that, and, and Betts is that for them, and they haven't really had that because of how bad Bellinger's been in the postseason for so long. Um, but he did have a good series against the Padres. I'll give him credit. I think the Dodgers win in six, maybe seven. As far as the American League Championship Series goes, I have absolutely no idea who's going to win. I don't care either. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, I, I, it's no, I really have I really have no idea. I mean, I thought the Yankees were going to win if they played Houston because uh, I think they would have been really determined to, to beat Houston. Uh, but obviously they weren't good enough, and Tampa deserved to be there. Uh, and you give Tampa credit. I think Tampa is a better 
team one through 25 than Houston is. But Houston's been here before. They have guys who put the ball in play and have tough at-bats. Springer, Correa, Brantley, uh, Bregman, you know, you go down the line, they've got they've got dogs. <laughs> they've got guys who have been here and done it before. They've got guys who don't care what you say about them. They've got guys who have won championships, obviously all of them. Um, and, you know, they've, this is the fourth straight year they've been in the ALCS and they've already won it twice. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot tougher for Tampa to beat them than it was the Yankees uh, because, you know, Houston's at bats are going to be really, really competitive. You know, they're going to be able to get two out hits and um, it's, it should be a decent series. I'm, I'm not into it because of just the pain <laughs> associated with it. Um, but I think whoever comes out of the American league is going to get beaten by whoever comes out of the national league. I think just like you said before, I think the Dodgers and Braves are probably the two best teams remaining. I think the Braves, what they've been able to do without Soroka has been really impressive with their starting pitching. Uh, you give Brian Snicker a ton of credit. Their bullpen's been really good. Uh, obviously, their offense, especially at the top of the order, has been awesome. Um, and L.A., this is it, what it comes down to is this is the year L.A. needs to win it. I mean, if they're playing a Houston team who's amidst a cheating scandal and doesn't have Justin Verlander, they lost Garrett Cole and Zach Greinke, he's been bad and banged up. If they lose to that team, you really got to check them again after losing to them in 2017. And if they lose to Tampa Bay, who's like one of the smallest markets, if not the smallest market in the sport, and a team full of these ragamuffin guys that they dug off the street, if you lose to that team and you're the L.A. Dodgers, that's going to be a big problem. And if you lose to Atlanta, who's a young team without their ace, that's a problem. Like the Dodgers, this just needs to be the time that they take charge. We're the Dodgers. We're the best team. We're going to show you we're the best team, and we're going to win. And I think that's at least what I said when we heard of the 60-game season. I think that was an awesome episode just because we finally had baseball talk about, predict, et cetera. Um, I said, listen, if in a 60-game season when there's no fans, whatever, and it's just the best product should win, I said the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, and this is the year they have to do it. I absolutely agree with that. I'm looking at some of the numbers right now. Uh, The Braves' offense hasn't been particularly effective. You know, they've had timely hits from guys like – um, Travis Darno, whatever, and they've pitched so well that you don't need to score five, six runs in a game to win, and it's going to be similar against a team that has as good of pitching as the Dodgers do. Maybe you're giving uh, the Dodgers too much credit, just because. I, listen, they're an awesome team. I also think Dodgers are going to win in seven games, but I honestly think this series might be more of a coin flip than people are thinking, just because this Braves roster is really good. And the thing with baseball, especially postseason baseball, is it's all about just going on runs, having momentum, and you know, just playing baseball and keeping the train moving. And I think the Braves have done that. They've had big hits. Listen, big hits in postseason games they inspire teams. It keeps them moving. You know, we've seen that in several series the Braves have had the walk off against the Reds. Obviously, they're no the big home run in the seventh in Game Three or Game Two, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that this Dodgers team is ultimately going to prevail, just because I think the point you made about Mookie Betts is great. Just they finally have a superstar player and Cody Bellinger is a superstar player in the regular season postseason you've sent me the numbers not very good but Mookie Betts is one of those guys that if everyone else sucks Mookie Betts is still going to have his you know his five six hits in you know the first two three games of that series he's going to be dynamic on the base pass he's going to play good defense um so I think the Dodgers more pressure on the Dodgers just because they're in this position because they need to win at the same time I think what's happening in LA is great and I think that you know Kershaw having big starts having Bueller especially having Urias as a dependable third starter is big for them. He's been great in the postseason so far. I feel like with the Dodgers, it's kind of been Kershaw, a little bit of Bueller. And then, um, you know, they have that fringe third guy. Rich Hills had some starts, you know, you have these numbers or these pitchers that just kind of put up these gaudy numbers. Whereas right now you have three really good stars that have had good postseason starts. Walker Bueller striking everybody out. So I think in a way these teams are quite similar. Dodgers have the advantage, but the Braves are also a team. They just do everything well. They play great. They have an MVP, several MVP caliber players. So I think the bottom line is whichever team can get the bigger hit and the bigger spots is going to win. I think that's just going to be the Dodgers. Their offense has been better this postseason uh, as opposed to the Braves who struggled um, in several series. Again, they face good pitching in uh, the Cincinnati series, obviously with Bauer, Gray, Castillo, the Marlins, we're not going to take any credit away from the Marlins. They have very good pitchers, very good young dynamic arms. And, again, the Braves didn't hit there. But um, I'm really looking forward to this series, man. I mean, these are two of the biggest teams in baseball. I know we keep saying that uh, in the postseason right now, I mean. And um, it's unfortunate because if there were fans in the stand, in the stands, I mean, I know this would be an incredible series. They could have a lot more hype. And, ultimately, I'm looking forward to it. As far as the Rays-Astros series goes, I mean, dude, I – 
Other listen, Tampa. listen, I got to give I got to give the Astros credit. I think, you know, they kind of just got into the playoffs. They're a product of the system this year, the uh, playoff format. And got to give credit to where credit's due, man. They played baseball. They kept their heads up despite all the nonsense around them. And they've had big hits. Guys have stepped up. A lot of them had pretty miserable regular seasons, but they're playing good baseball. All, all the credit in the world to Dusty Baker. He got those guys motivated. And um, I'm going to go with the Rays also just because that pitching was so good. Um, we saw that guys like last now can come out, you know, come on two days rest, face an order once come out. Uh, they didn't have to use Blake Snell yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. He's a guy that I'm sure can come out of the bullpen at some point and put up a blank on the scoreboard for them. So this series I think is more driven by, you know, like analytics and just weird ways of playing. We saw that the Astros were a team that was not afraid to put on shifts and play matchups, that kind of stuff. I know the Rays are like the poster boys of doing that. So uh, unfortunately I'm not going to be as into this American league championship series, but, um, National League Championship Series for sure. I'm looking forward to that. You said you have Dodgers in six or Dodgers in seven, one of those? I think Dodgers in six and Rays in six. Um, two best teams all year, two number one seeds. Rays are going to have Snell game one, Morton game two, last now game three. There's no way they're not winning two of those, in my opinion. I think they're going to go up 2-1. Houston just doesn't have the same pitching depth as they've had in the past. I think Houston also had a really easy road to the Championship Series. Uh, they got to play – a very, very, very inept postseason team in the Minnesota Twins and a really a team that never, ever shows any fight whatsoever when it comes to October. And then you, they played Oakland, who didn't have Matt Chapman, and, you know, a team they are very familiar with and a team that was not that great. I think Oakland was probably the fourth-best team left of the four teams that were playing in the division series. Uh, so th- they really did play the two probably teams that, they've, that they'd want to play, unless they play the White Sox maybe. Um, and when it comes to the American League or the, uh, the Blue Jays, obviously, too. But they had an easy road, uh, is my point. And um, I think the Rays are just going to be a much different element. It's, it's just a lot better of a team than Houston's played so far in the playoffs. And when you play as poorly as Houston played across the regular season, you've got that black cloud over you. I just don't think they can keep riding it. Um, I think the Rays have a lot of karma with what they've been able to accomplish with the get with the resource that they have, it's a weird year. I wouldn't really think the Rays would be able to do this in a 162 game season. I think it just it kind of wears out after a while. Um, but with the short season and all these relievers being healthy and being able to empty the tank and throw 100 miles an hour, these guys have only been throwing since August, really, not since April. Uh, I think Tampa's just got a lot left in the tank. I think they're a better team, and uh, they play defense. They do all the things they're supposed to. I'm not saying Houston won't fight. They've got, like I said, they've got dogs on that team. They've got guys who have won. They'll be competitive. They'll win a couple games. They'll put a scare in Tampa. But I think ultimately we're going to get Rays Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers win. All right. So real quick before we wrap up the episode, we have a question from Barbarino69420. This guy's asked us a question before. I appreciate you asking us a question today. We kind of touched on it a little bit previously in the episode, so we won't spend too much time on it. Do the Yankees go after any major free agents or look toward the trade market? I think we said this before. I think – it's more likely that the Yankees don't go after some, you know, some big free agent. They're not going to sign a stick like Ozuna had a phenomenal year. JT Real Muto. I don't think they're going to sign Trevor Bauer. I think more likely than not, they bring in, you know, DJ LeMay who comes back, whichever guys they want to bring back Tanaka, they come back. And then besides that, you know, maybe these fringe bullpen arms that Noah said, just power arms that they can try to develop into something big. Um, as far as trade goes, Noah nailed it. I think they could potentially trade for a three, four guy for the, uh, for the starting rotation. And again, if it's if they're doing anything in the free agency, it's most likely going to be just guys that can plug into their lineup. They're not going to sign a game changer for their, in my opinion, at least in the rotation of the lineup. If they're going to win, yeah, they have to hope that it's these guys. And thank you for the question. It's something we'll definitely talk about once we hit October, once we get past October. And I'm not as bitter towards the Yankees because every year, you know, when we get to November, or December, I'll get a little bit more into it and I'll start looking at guys we could possibly target. But um, right right now, honestly, we'll, I think it's like what Tyler said. It's going to be guys on the margins rather than big names. So we talked about it before, quickly before we end the episode. There's a shortstop, a left-handed hitter who can hit for average. His name is Didi Gregorius. Didi, I, knew, I was actually going to bring him up, man. Uh, do you think yeah, he wants want to come back? I would bring do you think he wants to? Yeah. Okay, so Although I think he might be a little bit mad about how he was treated. That's what I'm year. saying. That's why I said, you know, if he'd want to come back. He's but. Just, but here's the thing. He could be mad at the organization, but he had a good relationship with Aaron Boone, and he had great relationships with everybody on the roster. I think the, the fans loved him. Yeah, and the hits. fans. Like, I don't think he's like the, – the Yankee fans still showed him a lot of love once he went to Philly. Um, I think he knows that. I think he was welcome here. I think he might ultimately say, I've been there, I've done that, and I think I just want to do something new in my career. He might not want the New York pressure again. And if that's what he wants, then I completely respect that. 
and I'm going to root for Didi wherever he is. But I think Didi would be a good addition. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to fix our offense. I mean, we lost, you know, playoff series with him in the lineup, but he always had competitive at-bats. He's a left-handed hitter. He makes contact. Uh, sure, glove at shortstop. And if he wanted to come back and the Yankees wanted him back and uh, they could find a reasonable price tag to do it at, I'd 100% be him. As always, guys, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. We're approaching episode 30, which is awesome. Expect plenty of coverage probably in a week or so when uh, both championship series kind of start to take shape. As always, we love when you guys interact with us, ask questions, vote on our polls. I'm at T. Smith Sports on Twitter. Noah's at Noah Broder 20 The podcast account itself, where the bulk of our coverage comes from, is at BATB Pod. We'll see you guys in that week or so time span covering more baseball as always. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's go Heat.